Hey guys, you are listening to Stream Talk Repeat. I'm your host, RJ. And on this week's episode, we are going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett, of course. However, we're going to take a little bit of a detour because I had one fucked up work week. Super stressful, super draining. And it was, it's just, it was rough. So we're going to go ahead and talk about things that I like to mindlessly stream if I'm not just watching YouTube on my phone. Let's go ahead and get started. All right, guys, as I mentioned in the intro, I haven't been able to catch up on every show that I like that is currently out right now because it's been an exhausting work week. So there are some things that I like to watch mindlessly um, just because all my attention span goes towards when I get home, cooking dinner, hanging out with the kid, getting the kid ready for bed, you know, all that fun stuff. So sometimes I just need something to be on. And if I'm not watching my phone on YouTube or whatever, I do have some shows. Most of them I stream on Sling. So it's more like general TV programming, uh, specifically almost anything on HGTV, Food Network, and one show specifically, and it's my favorite of all time. I've seen every episode of all 20 seasons, and I've seen the majority, except for one of the spinoffs, I've seen all of those episodes as well. And I'm talking about Law & Order. I love this show. All 20 seasons, they're OG, Triple OG, the earlier seasons of SVU, all of Criminal Intent, you know, uh, with, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum, who ended up replacing um, Vincent D'Onofrio, and then Vincent D'Onofrio comes back. But really, the OG, Triple OG. Oh, and I've also seen, just on a tangent, sorry here, I've also seen. Uh, a lot of the British version of a law and order, a law and order UK, which has uh, the actor who plays Apollo and Battlestar Galactica as like basically the same character that Benjamin Bratt played the younger, more attractive, you know, family guy uh, kind of person. Anyways, back to the original OG. I pretty much love every season. I don't think there's really a season that I don't like. I mean, granted, like most shows, towards the end there, it did get a little meh. Uh, the casting decisions were kind of like whatever. Um, specifically, you know, like when when Jack McCoy or Sam Larson's character becomes the actual DA and then uh, has that younger dude. I don't even remember his name. I don't think I've seen him much of anything else, to be honest with you. Um, and then it has, uh, you know, Anthony Anderson in it and uh, Jeremy Sisto what, from like Six Feet Under, which that dude just gives me the creeps because of that show. So it makes it hard to watch Law & Order with him in it. Um but even up to like uh, up to uh, Joe Fantana, I really enjoyed this show a lot. Um, it's just mindless because you know what's going to happen every single time, practically, with a few exceptions. And with those exceptions, it actually happens to be really good storytelling. But, you know, 
there's going to be some cheesy, you know, like discovery of the body. And then, you know, Lenny Briscoe is going to make one of those general jokes that are now spoofed in every, every, you know, detective spoof ever, which is like, oh, I guess that's the last time he'll be eating out or whatever joke bullshit commercial to the intro, the iconic intro. Like, I don't care if you don't like the show, this like the intro is everybody everybody ha- likes it but everybody likes a different version of it the og for me is just is just too classic um and yeah no uh jerry arbach oh lenny 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 man i love me detective lenny briscoe Jeez, you know, it, it. he just, he has a special spot in my heart. And I think the reason why I like this show so much is because this is one of the shows that like my grandmother always, always has on. Like she loves all these detective, like she was big into Law and Order, NYPD Blue, then the 2000s came along and with, you know, CSI and every freaking spinoff of that uh, of those shows, anything on NBC, basically. <laughs> so yeah, she she really just I would just sit there because that's what she would watch, and I'd be bored and I'd play with my toys. So maybe it's all fucking psychological. Maybe maybe I just cracked the code on this podcast of why I could just have it on in the background. And I remember when streaming first became a thing on Netflix. Netflix had actually had the rights to all twenty seasons which is really hard to do. And I binged it all in like one summer, which is no easy feat considering each season has 22 to 24 episodes. Um, It's one of those things, one of those shows that I legitimately feel like I should own on DVD the entire collection because I just put it on. It's, it's honestly a lot like uh, another one in my house, uh, that's become uh, one of those guilty pleasures is like sex in the city. We can just put it on and watch it. Um, but yeah, no, fortunately, Andrea also loves law and order. And so we just, we'll sit there and DVR all of them and just watch them in one afternoon on the weekend and chill when we're either baby free. Like that's like a good time to us is like, Get some good food and literally just watch every op- episode of Law and Order that we've banked on the DVR for slang. Um, so yeah, point is I need to get that on. I need to get that on on DVD because that show just like I said really says just really speaks to me. It's just mindless entertainment. I'll put it on when I'm cooking. I can tune in. I can tune out. It's just, it's just great, especially because I've seen all these episodes and I've seen them enough to where I can remember most of them or it'll come to me as I'm watching it. It's just, it's so comforting. We're going to go from Law and Order. We're going to go to Food Network now. For those of you who don't know, uh, Andrea is actually a pastry chef by trade. So one of the things that I love doing is watching Food Network and it's not because like it's always the number one thing I want to do. It's because I love the reaction that I get out of her, especially on competition shows, because like we'll watch Chopped every time. And the classic, classic thing that Chop 
always showcases is like these chefs who are really great and then get to the dessert round and always, always fuck up. Like really, really fuck up dessert. And they're always destroying the ice cream machine maker. Nobody knows how to properly use it. And every time without fail, Andrea's yelling at the TV. It makes for just wonderful, wonderful entertainment. And it always ends with, see, this is why I can't watch those fucking shows. I get too invested. I'm like, it's just, it's fucking hilarious. Um, Another one that we always watch is Guy Fieri. And let me tell you. The the <laughs> the responses that Andrea gives every time she's like, I bet you that food is bland as shit. And like the way she <laughs> judges whether or not Well, we've we've picked up on a few things, but one of the things that we've always like, you know, she's always pointed out is whether or not there's any people of color within that restaurant, because then you know it's legitimate. Especially if it's like, you know, Southern food or like soul food. And if she doesn't see any kind of black people and she's like, you know, it's not good. There's, there's no black people there. So another thing that we've, we've kind of picked up after watching so many episodes of triple D with Guy Fieri is how he talks about the food. And there's a few giveaways that I feel like show how much he actually likes the food versus just buzzwords because he doesn't want to say anything bad about it. So one of the things he'll do is if he likes it, he just has a, he has a, a general vocabulary that he uses for everything. Oh yeah. It's so creamy. It's so, you know, fitting it's, it's, it's tight. It's, you know, it, it comes together well with that little bit of pizzazz at the end, a little bit of spice that kicks back in your throat, blah, 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 blah. He uses general terms like that. If you know he's really into it, one, he doesn't say much. He'll just keep eating. Two, he will um, he'll actually change up his vocabulary and really break it down. But the biggest, the biggest giveaway... Biggest giveaway he will do if he really, really likes the food is the person that's with him, he'll refer to them as chef instead of, oh yeah, that's killer dude. Oh man, you're doing a wonderful job. No, he will legitimately refer to them as chef. And that's how you know Guy Fieri actually likes the meal that's in front of him, like to the fullest extent. And I just think it's freaking hilarious. Um... And kind of sad the fact that me and Andrea are picking up his uh, poker face isms <laughs> while watching the show because it just goes to show you we'll just watch one episode after the next until we get really bored or until we see something on there that just like in no possible way sounds any kind of like good in any fashion or form. Um, one of the episodes that we turned off last night, matter of fact, was an episode with, and it was an older one, but it was an episode with Kid Rock. Yeah, it didn't age well, especially with everything that uh, Kid Rock has recently become and idolized by a certain group of people. Now, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I grew up on, on like, you know, Kid Rock was a thing with like, you know, uh, fucking cowboy and, and ball with the Bob, but I'm talking about recent Kid Rock, like, you know, kind of like, you know, the fucking Ted Nugent-esque Kid Rock. (laughs) The playing into the, like, anti-vax bullshit, which I don't want to get too political on here, but just know I think Kid Rock is a fucking moron. And in the Just Surprise Me group, one of the best memes I think was posted actually earlier this week was... Kid Rock makes music for people who know the exact legal amount pseudofed, uh, the exact illegal amount of pseudofed that you're allowed to buy at a Walgreens. And that I believe is so true to an extent. Then the other half is just, like I said, you know, boomer rock that fucking, you know, they latch onto because, you know, fuck the government or whatever bullshit. Anyways, it did not age well. And one of the things that they went to is this place where it was like a converted church and they did this mac and cheese and oh my God, it just looked so bland and it was so funny because I don't know what it is. And Andrea pointed this, she asked me cause you know, she's black, I'm white. She goes legitimately, what is with, with white people and breadcrumbs on mac and cheese. And I don't fucking know. I truly don't know what is it, what is with it with putting fucking breadcrumbs or crackers or whatever on fucking mac and cheese and putting it into the oven to get it crunchy on top. I honestly don't know. It's just bland. There's no flavor behind it. I could see one thing if you wanted to like put it in the oven with a bunch of cheese and get the cheese bubbly to the point where it's also kind of like just burnt and crunchy and get your crunch from that because at least there's a little bit of flavor depending on the cheese that you use but sweet baby jesus this mac and cheese just looked like a heart attack waiting to happen as most mac and cheese should be but like even when they're making it i'm like they added salt and pepper that's it salt and pepper and mac and cheese that's it. Like, no, no, no paprika. No, no seasoning salt. Just salt and fucking pepper. And like I said, it was at that point that we decided to turn off that episode. That and I just, I couldn't look at Kid Rock's face any any longer. Um. So yeah, so Food Network, we watch shows like that. We watch, you know chopped any kind of version of chopped or the barbecue pit master stuff like that because i'm a huge fan of like barbecue even though andrea is not the biggest fan because she doesn't really partake in meat um hgtv like i said just to round up love it or list it property brothers specifically um any kind of those like flip or before and after shows depending on the personality of course and last but not least, like I said, Law and Order. Guys, what is your favorite show that you like to listen to? Be sure to let me know uh, on Instagram. You know, just follow me at uh, Stream Talk Repeat the Podcast. 
and we can have a dialogue there. And you can also, you know, just add my personal, which is at RJ Smith, A-R-E-J-A-Y. Anyways, let's go ahead and talk about Mandalorian Season 2.5. Go ahead and talk about what I actually watched this week and invested time into, which is Mandalorian Season 2.5, also formerly known as The Book of Boba Fett. I got real mixed feelings on this episode, guys. I really do, because... Dave Filoni really, really played into my love for the Clone Wars with everything that he did. But at the same time, I keep having to tell myself this isn't Mandalorian. This is Book of Boba Fett. This isn't Mandalorian. This is the Book of Boba Fett. And yeah, like I said, real mixed feelings. Let's go ahead and talk about the things that I did like. Okay, obviously Ahsoka interacting with Luke. Mind-blowing. It kind of, you know, got me a little bit of emotional when she's like, oh, that sounds like your dad or oh, you're just like your dad or whatever she says. Just because it legitimately was talking, like I feel like I couldn't point out the exact episode that this happened, but I totally envisioning Anakin in the Clone Wars saying the same exact line to Obi-Wan in regards to Ahsoka, whether or not she's ready to uh, or ready to take on uh, this challenge of becoming a Jedi. But obviously with Luke saying that about Grogu, it's uh, yeah, it really, really tugged at me because one of the greatest things about Clone Wars, it really just like the amount of hurt that happens to Anakin when Ahsoka decides to leave the Jedi is just, it, you feel it so, you just feel it hit your soul because you're so invested in their relationship at that point of like this, you know, brotherly, sisterly, like, you know, uh, mentor relationship that they got. It's just, it's, it's truly touching and it's truly heartbeat heartbreaking to see her leave in the clone wars and so them bringing up that in this episode of course is an easy way to you know really tug at my heartstrings and actually enjoy the show um the other thing about it is mandalorian uh, the mandalorian coming to the planet and just being so close to grogu but as a parent, if you will, making the harder decision to leave your child with basically the better option. Like you're having to give up your relationship with your child because it is the the right thing to do and better for them. Or at least in your eyes, you think it is better for them. And it just, that really hurts. Like, you, he doesn't have the mask off or anything like that. But, you know, he just got kicked out of the clan. You know, and, like, the only other clan that he had was Groku. And that's that's really heartbreaking. You just, like, he's just standing there in the woods off, you know, in the distance and being so close. It just, that has got to hurt. And that really kind of, again, got me a little bit teary-eyed. So you had that scene and then you had the... <laughs> You had the 
Ahsoka scene build on top of that emotionally, that is. And yeah, you, you kind of get some feels and man, what a, what, what, what a way to like, just really, you know, Hey, Clone Wars, Clone Wars. You remember Clone Wars, which they got me. That's what the Star Wars franchise has become. It is just taking things that you love, tweaking them and writing them a bit more poorly and putting it out there. And it's kind of unfortunate. And sometimes it works. And in this case, with the Ahsoka thing, with the Luke and Grogu thing and the Mando thing, it definitely works. And it got me. I'm not going to lie. It totally, totally got me. That being said, I think legitimately that's the only thing it got me at. Let's talk about the things that I did not like. And I'm going to talk about the biggest one. And I'm probably going to get some hate for this. But I have never, ever, ever enjoyed Cad Bane. I haven't. Sorry. I know a lot of people enjoy him as a bounty hunter. So that's cool. But never have I ever enjoyed cad bane like there's i've never enjoyed the story arcs he was in and the clone wars i just don't like him as a character he does nothing for me i'm sorry so when his little run-up comes with uh oh man timothy oliphant's character you know, it's it's whatever. I'm a little bit bummed out that they decided to go ahead and shoot him and kill him. Maybe they didn't kill him. We'll find out. But I'm a little bummed out about that because I actually did enjoy Tim Oliphant, Timothy Oliphant's character. Uh, obviously not enough to remember his name. <laughs> but enough to know that, you know, his origin was in the Aftermath, Aftermath trilogy. Which, mind you guys... The Aftermath trilogy, if you're a fan of the books, that was like the first big story to come from Disney to be canon in the lead up to The Force Awakens. It was a big deal. Now, some would argue that it completely flopped, but it was a big deal in the lead up to the first book. And that's where Timothy Oliphant's character, uh, that's where he essentially... Uh, was created. He was created by Chuck Wendig, which I guess on a side note, I guess he was talking shit on Twitter because they never gave him a special thanks. In my opinion, the character didn't become beloved until you saw him in uh, Mandalorian. Timothy Oliphant makes that character. I, I don't see one scene because like legitimately, if you read the book, so, I mean, like, literally, it's just like an offshoot chapter, like a little chapter thrown in there in the, the Aftermath book of, like, where he, like, literally is negotiating with the Jawas to get uh, Boba Fett's armor. And it's it's whatever. Um, Like I said, Timothy Oliphant really makes that character. Anyways, let's get back to Cad Bane. Don't really give a shit. Sorry. I know. Haters gonna hate. 
And then we actually get to some Book of Boba Fett content. And that is the Pikes really moving in. Of course, you had the Cad Bane thing, shooting Timothy Oliphant as a possible way to, like, you know, essentially put any kind of possibility of them helping out to rise up against the, the Pike Syndicate. And then you have the bombing of the casino by the Pikes. Um, you know, whoop de do. Now Boba Fett doesn't have a place to walk to when he's walking through town. whoop de do. Now, I can see how that might play into, like, you know, the other factions on Tatooine, you know, maybe going against Boba Fett. But here's the problem with all of this. There's only one more episode left, guys. One. One fucking episode left. You spent all this time with all this fucking filler. And... You only have one episode left to really do anything with. And it's legitimately. There's no real setup here to where it could go smoothly to where it's not going to hit like leave on a massive, massive cliffhanger. This show will end in a massive, massive cliffhanger. And I wouldn't be shocked if I don't, uh, what blows my mind is if it ends up in a massive cliffhanger, either that means they have to pick it up in Mandalorian season three, or they have to release a season two of the book of Boba Fett before the season three of Mandalorian or it's just going to be really poorly written and cut off and ended rather quickly. And I think it's going to be the third one, guys. I really, really do. This show has been awful. It has its good moments, but they are few and far in between. And most of them are with Mando. They're mostly with Mando. Like, it... Oh. Yeah. I just, I don't understand it, guys. I really, really don't. Hmm. Yeah, I need a moment. So, you know, with this, I, I'm i going to watch it, obviously. I'm going to watch the season final. I'm going to be positive about it, or try to be positive about it. I know it doesn't seem like I'm positive about the show, but it genuinely does have some good moments. I do enjoy them. But that's, yeah, I've, I'm repeating myself at this point. However, what's going to be cool about the season recap of the Book of Boba Fett is I'm hoping to have on a guest. Now he's agreed to do it. It's just more of aligning times, but I'm going to have Mr. Eric Pabone of Masters of the Cinematic Universe fame on to have a little bit of a battle because he's much more into this show than I he is super nerdy. He knows his shit. So if we can get him on next week's episode, that's going to be awesome. And uh, I do look forward to that 
more so than <laughs> I look forward to discussing the show with him more so than the actual show because I think it's going to make for better entertainment, but I could be wrong. It's just going to probably be two nerdy dudes yelling at each other uh, and throwing insults, but that's, that's going to be the fun of it all. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's a little bit smaller, a little bit more rambling just because like I said, it has been one fucked up work week. But I appreciate everybody tuning in, everybody spreading the word uh, about my new podcast. I really, really do. Uh, that being said, please follow me on Instagram at Stream Talk Repeat the podcast. If you're into guitar related or music music making related stuff, follow me at Teletalks on Instagram, and you can search for me at Teletalks on YouTube to follow my YouTube channel. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Stream Talk Repeat. I hope you guys have a good one, and I will catch you guys next time. See ya. (laughs) 